Hello, my field daisies. Welcome to the 16th episode of Daisyish Days, the podcast. I have not done this since August, and it is December, and I have been away for a really long time, and I do apologize for that. I uh, started my MBA program in August, and it has been a whirlwind since then. I have not had time to breathe or do anything. But yeah, now it's winter break, and I really want to get this podcast started again, so let's get into it. Um, Today's life lesson is something that I learned from meditation that kind of stuck with me, uh, some meditation that I did a couple days ago, where they were talking about uh, the difference between being and becoming. So a lot of times we are planning for the future and we want to become something and it's, it's okay. It's okay to want to plan to the future and it's okay to think about the past as well. Think about where you've come and where you want to go. But oftentimes we do this so much that we forget to actually live in the moment. I am dreadfully, uh, <laughs> I, I definitely do this a lot. I'm dreadfully um, a culprit of this. And so, yeah, if you are now in the midst of the holidays and the midst of New Year's and the midst of us entering a new decade, that's awesome. And it's awesome to think about what the future may hold. But I just want to say enjoy 2019 as it is. Enjoy time with your family and enjoy spending the last week of 2019. All right, without further ado, let's roll the intro music. Hello again, my field daisies. So I am going to be trying, I guess, a semi-new format for this podcast, it's pretty much going to be the same thing. I just want to try doing a shorter format because I do want to continue doing this once the spring semester starts. And I think doing half hour podcasts is a bit more doable than trying to cram for an hour one. So uh, what I'm going to start out with is sort of just some interesting news that um, I've been really wrapping my brain around and Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the foldable $1,500 Motorola new smartphone razor. So (laughs) I don't know what my demographic is. I I think literally one or two people ever listen to this podcast and it's mostly my friends. And my friends are around the age uh, where we can remember uh, the razor flip phones, the phones that, the cell phones, I I call them dumb phones now because I think they're the Antigone 2 smartphones, but they were cell phones. They're the original cell phones. And I remember my dad having a silver razor and how freaking cool I thought that phone was. I thought it was the coolest thing. And I was always so, uh, I felt so cool whenever he let me borrow it. Well, like, for example, if uh, me and my friends were going to go do something, he was like, here, take the cell phone, call the home phone when you want a ride and tell me where to pick you up, that sort of thing. And I think I'm pretty sure I've told this story on the podcast already, Uh, just basically the story of how me and my friend Mandy were going to a football game and uh, the razor that I had ended up dying and then we ended up just dancing in the rain and running around. And I think we ended up borrowing someone's phone or going to a restaurant or something and calling our parents or whatever. And they were so worried. Our phone was dead and they were calling us and we got in so much trouble. But it wasn't 
that bad, I would say, because I feel like nowadays kids have smartphones. The parents are able to track them via GPS exactly where they are. Uh, it's it's a, I think it's much more consequential 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 if uh, a Gen Z kid didn't have their phone or turned off their phone. I think there would be more panic probably. I don't know. I don't know exactly where I'm trying to get with this. <laughs> I'm kind of getting, I guess, a bit off topic from what I really wanted to talk about, which was, yeah, there is now Razer um, or Motorola actually is going to be releasing a smartphone type Razer. It's going to be a flip phone uh, smartphone. It's going to be $1,500, which I know sounds like a lot, but if you, in comparison to other top tier smartphones i mean it is within that price range i suppose uh it is going to be on sale january 9th and it's only actually going to be available for verizon and i want to say only the u.s or north america or something it's not global yet so it's very very small release and i i said fifteen hundred dollars isn't that much but I think this this can be akin to almost the iPhone, the original iPhone coming out, in my opinion. Maybe maybe not that archaic, but I think this first iteration, if it does go well, there is definitely going to be upgrades and you know fixing the interface or fixing the actual hardware. Um, I actually watched a CNET review today of some lady playing with the Razer phone, and it looks pretty cool. I mean, it's it's so interesting that this is kind of coming after the Samsung Galaxy Fold and what a freaking failure that was. It was it looked horrendous, honestly. And is the because the, the, the thing about the Samsung Galaxy Fold is that it folded like a book. So it was um so it became almost like a mini iPad or a mini tablet when you opened it. The Motorola Razer, on the other hand, I don't know if I should call it that or Motorola Smart Razer. Let's call it the Motorola Smart Razer. That, on the other hand, flips like a flip phone. So it becomes, so it's it's compact and it becomes the size of, I guess, around a standard smartphone. Uh, from what I looked at the reviews, it seems to be a bit taller and a bit more narrow. But yeah, I mean, it looks like a Razer. Uh, and what's interesting about it um, is that the way it closes. So with the Samsung Galaxy Fold, there's an obvious, when you turned it to the side, there's an obvious, uh, I guess, gap in terms of where the uh, hinge was. But this hinge is interesting in the fact that you can see the gears in it. And there is actually a, they said like a halo in the hinge or just, I guess, sort of a a gap in the actual foldy part of the phone and so part of the display that folds is actually sitting in this hole or halo so when you look at the phone on the side you can't necessarily see that um, big of a gap like there is a gap but because they put a hole I guess in the side of the hinge um, the way you close it um, I guess it like I guess it closes around the gap know if I'm necessarily explaining this right but the it, it looks a lot more functional than the galaxy fold um they also were talking about how um the crease so obviously there you're going to be able to feel and see the crease on the phone uh but the lady that was talking about it she said that it wasn't too terribly noticeable unless it was an actual solid white or solid black screen um and I think I think yeah. I mean, if if this is if this is something that feels nostalgic for you, then yeah, I think this 
it might be actually because it looked doable. And the reason why I say that is because I, I mean, I think we've all have cracked our phone at one point or, um, you know, cracked our whatever device. Uh, I actually have a crack on my new iPad that I bought literally it hasn't it's not even a year old and the reason actually why there's a crack on it okay so way way back in one of my other episodes I did a sincere shout out on this iPad case and and basically it was it was an it was an iPad case that didn't have that many reviews I would just went ahead and did it and it, it it has a keyboard and the way that you put it into the case actually is just two little hooks on the top and the bottom and the hooks actually held the iPad a lot but when I wanted to write on it as a almost like a piece of paper, I had to take it out of the iPad case because it had an auto lock feature that it made it really difficult to actually write with. And so towards the end of the semester, I was using my iPad more for notes and taking it in and out, in and out of the case. And I literally have a little crack on the end of the case because, and I think it's because I haven't really dropped it much. I think it is because of the freaking case so I definitely renounce my sincere shout out I hate that iPad case with a passion now just go ahead and throw it out there uh but yeah even though there is a crack on the side it it it, it isn't noticeable unless I think about it, unless I want to notice it. Um, and so I'm guessing something with the Razer phone, that the Razer smartphone that's coming out now, I'm sure that's sort of the feeling you would probably get with it. It seems something that you could get used to, you know. And since the phone is so thin, it is actually really, really thin. Um, something that's interesting about it is that the bottom of the phone has the fingerprint scanner, that's pretty standard with most phones and but it's such a thick little bottom it has a thick with two c's bottom um and <laughs> wow it was lame but yeah and so that houses all of the an- antennas the gps the wi-fi all the vibration modules that's where the all of the uh, hardware of that stuff sits and it does is a bit jarring i mean it's not too too i mean it is noticeable but apparently she said it was a good handhold for watching videos um and i could i could definitely see that i feel like she was maybe being too not too positive but i'm sure there are other instances where that sort of thickness might get a bit annoying you know i, I she i think the review was a very surface review it's not something that you know she didn't have the phone for three months and she so it's definitely um there, i think there's there's definitely room to talk about it more you know and the one thing that she did point out that was sort of um, unsettling, I guess, is the fact that, so it's made out of three materials, right? So there's Gorilla Gas on the screen, stainless steel on the frame, and then on the back, it's this resin sort of uh, scale texture uh, back. Um, and it, it reminds me of literally a cell phone kind of vibe um, with the back of it, how it's textured like that. I mean, resin is basically plastic but yeah you get the idea and so the way that these three materials are combined there's actually an outside ridge that separates the gorilla glass screen from the bezels and it is such a it's 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 a minor gap but it is is big enough to where and deep enough to where your fingernail can actually get into it and that can i can definitely see being 
a problem, especially uh, with the wear and tear of a phone. You or it's in your pocket. It's it's with you all the time. You put it to your ear. There's bound to get dust in that little groove. And not only that, if you accidentally pop your finger on it, I can definitely see the screen breaking for that. So I'm actually really interested to see how many people are actually interested in this phone, if it is just tech nerds or, or nostalgia fanatics. Uh, um, the <laughs> um, Wow. What is the what is the meme where it's just like, okay, boomer. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that. It's like, it's like kind of a TikTok thing where it's like, uh, if something someone old does something where they're like, okay, boomer or whatever. I don't know if it's a song or something, but I could definitely see the baby boomer generation be interested in this phone. Um, but I digress. Anyway, uh, another thing that's not so great about this phone is that there actually is, the camera is good, but it's not great. There's no wide lens for the camera. Um, the actual, when you flip open the phone, um, the actual camera that's facing you is, it's, it's not great. I don't know the specs, but it's not great. Um, and that's because they're assuming that when you fold down the phone, the front, um, front back camera. So like, you know, when you fold the phone, it's like a little clam, it clams shut. Um, That camera, um, they're expecting people to use that more. The only time you'd ever really use that uh, flippy camera when you like flip open the phone and that little tiny camera right there is for video calls. And I don't know why they didn't make that camera a bit more uh, uh, HD or a bit more <laughs> high techy. I should have really looked up the specs when I was talking about this, but I mean, it doesn't matter. You get the idea. Like, I wish they would have made it um, on par with an iPhone or an, another competing uh, cell phone uh, company or smartphone company. My apologies, uh, but yeah, I. I just feel like video calling is something that everyone does now, whether it be for interviews or whether it be talking to friends or family. And I think that user experience, while it's not a different user experience for the someone that owns the um, Razer, the smart Razer, it is a jarring experience for someone on the other end, the person that they're talking to. So if you're planning on doing a phone interview, a phone video Uh, Skype call or something with someone, I could definitely see that being a bit of a disadvantage. Uh, I I was literally talking to a friend from LA the other day and, um, it, it and the, the Wi-Fi connection wasn't that great, and it, it while I could still hear her, it was in and out, in and out, and the photo was a bit pixelated, and it just did not feel. Uh, I had to ask her to move so that I could actually see her better. And once I did that, it was it felt more like a real conversation, and so that is something that I think the um, this new smart razor lacks, and I have a feeling that it's something that might deter people from actually purchasing it because uh it's interesting because i'm i mean i'm an apple user so i know their products pretty well their 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 new phone has it's so funny we all talk because there's i have friends who've gotten you know the new 11 or whatever or but it's not like the actual high the highest end of the iphone has three camera lenses right and i think it's almost like a five hundred thousand dollar gap or something just to have two lenses but that's the whole thing i'm I distinctly remember talking to another friend about how I think she had maybe a seven or a six and she was upgrading to an eight and it was for the camera. Uh, Our phones have become our digital cameras and it captures all of our memories. And the fact I think having a camera is really, really important for a smartphone. 
And so, like I said, I am very interested to see how this razor, this smart razor does. I almost feel like it's going to be a novelty. Um, and I may, I think that's why they're a bit more calculated with their release. They're not really uh, producing that many. It's only going to be going through the Verizon. It's only going to be through one uh, region. And yeah. And another thing is just one last thing about this. I know like literally I've been talking for dang, like 16 minutes now. We'll see if this ends up being a 30 minute episode or if it ends up being a longer episode at this point. We'll just see. But um, yeah, um, what was I saying? Jeez Louises. Um, yes, so the calculated release of the Smart Razor. Uh, I The reason why I think it might not, it might be a little bit of a flop is because in terms of purchasing a phone nowadays, you don't really do it unless you really need it, right? Unless you're, the phone that you have now is broken beyond repair it doesn't work anymore that's when people start really considering buying a new phone um and nowadays disposable income is in terms of buying these expensive devices is i mean it's limited you know you i think back in the day phones were a bit cheaper and they're easier to just you know buy new ones but with with this it's it's the fifteen hundred dollars i mean it is a lot for a lot of people and just hedging your bet on this new product that has flaws as as some as as reviewers have pointed out i think it is going to be a hard sell um but yeah i i do think it's really interesting it does have this nostalgic feel to it um and yeah Another thing, another last thing, is that companies have to make accessories for this, whether it be Motorola or whatever. They have to make screen protectors. They have to make cases. Um, yeah, it's going to be a whole ordeal. Um, and another thing, I guess the reason why I have it in my notes that companies are making have to make accessories for this, and this is a segue into accessories. And another thing that I really wanted to talk about was Lizzo. Lizzo has blown up this year, um, and the reason why I talk about Lizzo is because this this happened a month ago, so it's totally old news now. But when she was on the AMA car, uh, red carpet, uh, she wore this orange Valentino dress, and then this little tiny doll purse like like tiny like a purse you would see a barbie doll have it was so comical and so awesome and yeah (laughs) and the reason why she did it later on is that people said is or what she said actually was the fact that she wanted memes out of it and there were memes from this um from this little uh moment um I was looking at some of them today to kind of like recap them, but uh, there was one person because the like it's it's just funny because it's because people that carry purses onto red carpets, you know, for the photo, for the red carpet walk, right? It's, it's, it's like, you, you know, for sure there is nothing in that purse, maybe a phone and that's it. Um, and yeah, so it was just a very, very funny play. And because it was so small, um, people were making jokes about how small things in their life were. And so someone tweeted like, feeling honored that Lizzo would carry around my 401k like that. Or can't believe Lizzo brought my patience with men to the AMAs. Stuff like that was just hilarious. And Lizzo's Instagram, like she definitely plays into the joke. She posted some of the funny, I guess, memes or videos about it too, where, you know, someone turned her 
head into the purse and the purse into her head. Um, They made a Photoshop version of a mini Lizzo with the purse in actual real size. Just funny, funny things like that. And um, I guess the reason why I bring up Lizzo is to to also talk about the rise the the quickness nowadays of how you can how fame can come overnight right and the thing is i just remember i don't maybe uh, was it last year maybe i remember my friend Celie. she was on this podcast she definitely did a podcast episode with me you should check out that podcast episode but yeah i remember us being in the car she's like can i play this artist she's so cool like i you know she's so awesome i love her and that was the first time i ever heard lizzo and i remember distinctly she was like man i really want to go to one of her concerts i think there's one in atlanta for 20 dollars like we were talking about that and we never ended up going and then all of a sudden she blew up she became a major pop star and I just I remember vaguely from undergrad when I was in media studies just talking about uh, star power and it's it's sort of a combination of so I'm, I'm just I guess this is sort of a question of like what came first a chicken or the egg kind of thing is like so was she around first and like who how does the snowball effect of someone becoming famous does it come from the top down does it come from record labels um putting more advertising money or putting more news articles about Lizzo or does it come from the ground up from the grassroots of people liking her and resharing her and it slowly snowballs maybe and and of course as we learned I think in media studies it's probably a bit of both right it depends right it depends on the artist depends on the situation and I could definitely see it coming from both ends I think it has to almost come from both ends um but it's interesting to see um it's interesting because like, is it because the grassroots started first and that's why the record label started noticing and was like, we need to put more effort into Lizzo or was it the record label being like, she has something special. Let's put some, let's just, you know, hedge our bets, diversify our portfolio and put some um, money into her as well as other people. And then she ended up being the one that people really responded to. They put more money into her and now look at where she is. Uh, yeah, now she's doing stadium tours and her tickets are way, way expensive. And I really wish we would have gone to that tiny, tiny, like I personally, for me, I, I don't really like I've been to, I think two stadium shows. One was Katy Perry with my friend Shahir. And then one was One Direction with my friends, Mikhail and Amanda. And they just aren't that fun, man. Like for one, we had to get nosebleed, nosebleed, nosebleed seats just because they're so expensive. And unless you're willing to fork over a lot of cash for good seats, it's just, it's just not a great experience. You're literally just watching it on TV and the people that are singing are just little tiny ants, you know? I much prefer a concert that is more intimate. I would, I like standing concerts. I like concerts in small venues where you, you can, you can see the artist and you, you're, you're standing among people that are also listening to the artist. And yeah, not, not, not saying that I would never go to a stadium tour again or whatever, but, um, that's just my thoughts on that. Yeah, I guess that was a quick little thing. Okay, I guess we have a couple more minutes. And so I want to sort of talk about, I guess this kind of relates to what I was talking about with Lizzo and the whole meme situation and the whole quickness, uh, the snowball effect of, of fame nowadays. I am so intrigued by TikTok. I talk about TikTok 
a lot. <laughs> like I'll hear a song, my friend will play a song and be like, oh, that song's big on TikTok. Or, you know, I'll, you know, I was a freaking e-girl for Halloween. I, I'm 25. I just turned 25 two weeks ago. And I feel, I feel on the like teetering on the edge of being too old to be doing this but i don't i'm I, i'm just i'm i'm a media nerd i love media i love new social platforms and i just ever since i when i started using tiktok was when i did my episode on tiktok way way back in the beginning of the year that's when i really really was like and the thing was i was literally just doing it for the podcast episode i wasn't doing it um i was just i was just i vaguely heard about it and i was like okay let me try to get into this literally i was spammed with ads on youtube for tiktok i was like let me just download it so i can do a podcast episode on it i tried to become a tiktoker it was super hard it is actually i think if of course if i spend a lot of time on it the actual video video processing the lip syncing would become easier but man okay it takes I've tried it it takes a bit of talent like while it looks really simple and easy people can make fun of people lip syncing it's it's actually a lot harder than it looks and it's it's like it's so addicting to I've spent hours just scrolling through TikTok I follow a lot of people now and because a lot of my friends I don't think I have any close friends that use tiktok because all my friends are too old for this and i know i'm too old for this okay okay i take it back take it back i know one of my um high school friends we don't really talk too much but pranjal he is on tiktok actually you should follow him he's tiktok doc he's awesome um he still uses tiktok i don't know if he watches tiktoks if he just makes tiktoks but i digress anyway no one really uses tiktok and but the reason why i personally think it's a really fascinating app so when for one, it is it, it it is such a different interface, right? So when you open up the app, it's actually it's not your feed. It's not people that you follow. That's on a different screen than where you can toggle to. It's actually the for you page. So for example, on Instagram, if you click on the search icon, then you see all these suggested posts, right? That's basically the TikTok homepage. And the more you use the app, the more you like it, the more you watch content, TikTok begins to learn your behaviors is what I'm assuming. I don't know yet, but I really would be interested in finding someone else who uses TikTok like I do and seeing what their for you page looks like. Because I've come to realize that um, I start seeing, you know, if I, if I watch more animal videos, I... I get more animal videos or if I, cause you know, my friend Pondra, I watched his doctor videos. He, he's in, he's in John Hopkins getting his MD or whatever. And I am, and I'm now I'm seeing more doctor memes or whatever. And there's songs. So there's like songs that people do on TikTok and I'm thinking, and then I see those and then, and I watch those over like maybe two or three times on repeat. And then I start seeing those more. And so it's, this is this is a platform where I think people are really starting to become TikTok famous, literally. Like I know um, Grace Helbig and Mamie Hart, they have they're YouTubers. They're a bit older. They're 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 the OG YouTubers. I think they've been on YouTube for for ages. And they're talking about going to VidCon, and they're talking about how annoying this. I don't know who who it was that was in the van with them that driving to TikTok. <laughs> sorry, driving to VidCon, and it was just like a little boy that was getting on their nerves. And they were saying they probably wouldn't go back to VidCon because it's just run with little kids who were doing TikTok or whatever whatever um 
but yeah, it's just the, these these kids. Um, and the thing is, I don't even want to call them kids because there's some people that are in their 20s and 30s and even 50s that are on TikTok and are loving it and are creating content. And it's and it's easy. It's accessible. Like with YouTube, it's become there's such a barrier now with YouTube for producing content. You have to have a nice camera. You have to be able to edit. You have to have lights. If you don't have all of these things, um, it's and, and this skill to edit. It's a really hard to become a YouTuber. And that space is so saturated now that it's hard for anyone to even find your videos with tiktok they have a system they have an algorithm where if your content for example if you wanted to start a tiktok page and you posted one tiktok that you know fit the formula that was really engaging and 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 people and then because the thing is on my for you page there's oftentimes i see things that only have one heart or two hearts or like not very many likes and i think they they filter that content into people's for you pages as well and the more likes they get the more they get and then it snowballs into effect where they can get over 200k views on one of their tiktoks this is just so interesting to me (laughs) And the fact that, um, you know, so if you're an Apple user, you know that every once in a while you get a notification on uh, your iPhone saying that this is how much screen time you are using. And actually, hold on, I'm going to take a pause. I'm going to go grab my phone and I'm going to show you what I mean. Give me one momento. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> so uh, I'm grabbing my phone. And so for Apple users, and I'm sure Android users as well, now you can track your screen time. And I think uh, this phone. I think there's there's this whole health kick that's going on where people are trying to say unplug from your phones or let me show you just how much you're using your phone so you can you know go out and do your day. The whole thing with the whole life lesson, right? Let's go back about being in the moment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. People are really really about that. Anyway, I digress. So. On your screen time, you can see categories, right? And for um, iPhone, uh, there are categories such as creativity, social networking, productivity, entertainment, etc. So for social networking, you people call TikTok a social network app, um, uh, akin to Instagram, Snapchat, etc. But it's actually not in. Um, like TikTok is not in that category. It is actually in the creativity category um, in, in terms of, and the thing is, I just think that's so interesting because the other things that are in creativity are not anything like TikTok. There's no social aspect to it at all. It's things like photos, camera, or Google Photos, or Visco, or whatever, like editing, editing apps. But, to, but TikTok has a social uh, feature. So I'm just so curious at why they decided not to put it in social networking. Maybe TikTok itself or categories itself, you know, like I don't know how this all works. But it's not. And the thing is, you would think that instead of creativity, it would be under entertainment, right? Things like YouTube or Spotify or Netflix, etc. But it's not. Um, and I know I'm getting so worked up about this, but it's just, I just think it's such a fascinating app and people are really, really starting to talk about it. Celebrities are now on TikTok. People like Will Smith or Selena Gomez or the Jonas Brothers, Howie Mandel, um, et cetera, et cetera. The people are starting to become like the mainstream media is now going on TikTok because they realize that is where the trends are happening. That is where the, that's where they can reach the young demographic, Oh, it's so interesting. And 
Another, I guess, sort of downside with TikTok and the TikTok craze is that I just literally read this article today about how um, it's called a, it's a Bloomberg article called A TikTok Craze is Minting Celebrities and Ruining Lives in India. And so there is this girl, her name was Arpita, oh, please don't hate me for mispronouncing your name, Arpita Chaudhary, Chaudhary. Uh, she was, uh, she's a girl or a woman in India who uh, was just newly recruited for their police constable in uh, India's western uh, oh gosh I I feel so ignorant trying to pronounce foreign names um, so please forgive me but so basically she just was recruited in a police uh, constable in India's western Jirate state okay anyway there's this woman in India. She became an overnight celebrity after posting a clip of her uh, basically dancing um, uh, on basically on duty. And that's that that viralness basically got the attention of her superiors. And she ended up being suspended from her job because she was dancing inside the police station while she was on duty. And so India's not even because I think it's for me I guess living in the U.S. it's it's hitting the U.S. and so I'm just so fascinated about that but I, I guess I forget that it's also hitting other countries as well and so police officers city workers physicians in India are all looking to escape their work lives and they're finding this I guess maybe that's why it's under a creative app I guess the creative um, screen time category of iPhone is because there is this sense of creativity that is so different from social networking sites and I guess so different from entertainment platforms um and yeah the, the so they're, they're having this issue and i think another big issue that people are having is the fact that tiktok like I, I did a whole episode on the history of tiktok and what it's about it was one of my first episodes you can scroll and find it there's only 16 episodes on this podcast but yeah you can look for it and um it's owned by a chinese company called bite dance or dao yin or whatever and people are really worried because of uh chinese government and the i guess the lack of control they potentially have over user data because of how uh, regulated uh, in terms of how um, the government can regulate uh, different companies in China. Of course, there have been... Ugh, I brought my phone in here and now it is ringing. Thanks, friend, for... Uh, thanks, Michaela. <laughs> Shout out to you for uh, texting me during recording this podcast. Um, but yeah, like it's... it's um, there is this debate over privacy and this is something... It has been a huge debate in the U.S. And I think it's so interesting because I, was, I don't remember where I was watching some news article. Maybe I was talking to my parents or whatever um, or watching a Vice video. I cannot remember where I heard this, but I think that I think that's just a very different notion. Right. So the idea of privacy is so huge in the U.S., but in China, it's 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 really not being surveillance is is just part of the common culture. It's part of the common um, th- narrative of someone's life in China, um, because that's just how it works and so um there is a danger i do agree there there, of course there is a danger of that um but uh, who knows you know um i think there's also this issue of um have being saturated with data right so if you're not necessarily a person of interest does it really matter if someone spies on your webcam um that that that, or, or you know uses your data for evil 
probably. Um, I remember even just talking yesterday with some friends about how someone hacked someone's someone's child's uh, ring camera. So basically, their, their parents put a camera in her room, and someone hacked it. And you know, these cameras, these um, home cameras, now you can talk to them, you can talk through them. And this, oh, it's so, it's, it just sounds like a scary movie of some creepy old man talking to an eight-year-old girl through her through the camera it's, it was anyway i don't even want to think about it but it's but yes in in terms of the argument yes uh it, it can be dangerous in the wrong hands for sure and who knows what is going to happen that being said i'm not gonna stop using tiktok and that is i think a whole other podcast issue that can be talked about in terms of these apps nowadays and like how you can't necessarily live without them right this is sort of on topic not on topic but the fact that I am a diehard Apple user. <laughs> I just, I pretty much use it exclusively my all adult life. I think I had a Dell computer in high school and then since then it's just been Apple products. Um, and I do think other companies are being more innovative for sure. Um, but I personally can't get rid of Apple because of its closed ecosystem. The way that they've built their company is like they've sucked me in, Right. On, I have a Mac and if I want to text during class then I can just type on my computer and it looks like I'm working you know or if I want to airdrop something to a friend I can only do that with Apple products or if I want to use iMessage on my iPad which doesn't have cellular data it can only receive iMessages it's this it's this it's this whole thing and the fact that it's so easy to move from one iPhone to the next so I've had literally from generation maybe five now to ten and and you're not necessarily I haven't gotten every phone every, every generation I'm just saying that like I started with an iPhone 5 now I'm on an iPhone 10 and the whole process I just remember of switching from my iPhone 10 from I don't even remember what my last number was but that I literally just I don't even it, it was in saved in my iCloud and I just downloaded all my data and it was all there so yeah, it's just nowadays we've become reliant on these companies like Amazon, the free one day shipping or it's free two day shipping. And now it's just, it's just like, even if these companies are evil, I just can't stop using them. You know, there's no other alternatives. And I guess the last little thing that I wanted to talk about um, is Disney and Disney Plus. I remember talking about my, one of my podcast episodes called um, Goodbye Netflix, Hello Disney or whatever. Um yeah, Disney was released a couple months ago. I don't even know. Um, but it has blown up. I just know, like, so I just recently <laughs> downloaded Tinder again, on and off, whatever. But it's funny because now instead of Netflix and chill, people are like in their bios, they're like, oh, I'm awesome because I have Disney Plus, or yes, I have Disney Plus. Let's let's watch Disney Plus and do something. Blah blah blah. blah. Disney Plus. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway. I just think it's so crazy how much it blew up. Like I knew it was going to blow up blow up obviously because of just like I said before in the previous episode of just how much content how much intellectual property that Disney has of course it's going to be a hit and you know I didn't because I'm not necessarily a big Disney fanatic but I I, I I knew this was I knew this was a thing so Disney does movies that are in their quote-unquote vault right they're Disney vault movies like Cinderella Snow Snow White or whatever and these these movies back in the past they were only released for a certain amount of time so if you wanted to buy a dvd of the movie you could do so only in certain like they 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 held onto the content to where you can't necessarily readily get dvds of this content but now all of it is on disney plus like i remember um me and some of my school friends we went to a friend's house and she loves disney and we watched lady and the tramp and like i haven't seen that movie in so long and then literally hold on 
Michaela's calling me. Give me one second. All right, I'm back. Uh, we, we have to go feed my friends Maggie's dogs, so that's what she was calling me about. Anyway, 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 I was talking about Disney+, Plus, talking about watching Lady and the Tramp. Yes, that was with a friend from school. And then um, we were sitting with um, some friends from high school, actually, and he has Disney Plus as well. And we watched the Aristocats and we watched um, Alice in Wonderland. Like, it's, it's, it's just so fascinating how, how, just, how, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's just so fascinating at how Disney how good of an idea this was for Disney. Like, this was such a good move. And of course, it's probably years, years, years into the making, years of developing this product before the release, etc. But man, the one thing I really wanted to end this podcast on is Baby Yoda. (laughs) I don't even have Disney Plus, okay? I have hit subscription fatigue. I don't know if I will get Disney Plus until I get more disposable income, but I literally went on YouTube and watched some clips of Baby Yoda because everyone was talking about how cute Baby Yoda was. And Baby Yoda is really cute. Of course he's cute. It's a baby. It's a tiny miniature version of one of Star Wars' beloved characters. Of course he's freaking cute. Um, and yeah, so I read literally this article today. I think it released today on The Verge of the fact that Disney is finally sell- selling a cute baby yoda plush but it won't arrive anytime soon um, that's the name of the article but yeah so there's this little plushy doll that the, the uh, it's an official mandalorian merchandise disney has introduced over the last few weeks it's 11 inches tall it's a little plushy thing with a little folks fox little suede coat and fuzzy trims it costs 24.99 and all these seem really great right but people will not receive their official baby Yoda until March 1st, 2020 at the earliest. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy that Disney Plus has pl- has been probably, not even probably, it, Disney Plus, the streaming service, has been in the works for years. They've been, you know, producing and um, filming content for this platform, and yet they didn't think about making merchandise. I don't know. And the reason I guess that I guess I don't know how true this is. This might be just be a PR cop out. But basically, I mean, the Mandalorian producer, John Favreau, <laughs> recognized that not having a full line of merchandise available for customers isn't usually how Disney operates. Um, he actually specifically requested that the executives not risk Baby Yoda being spoiled through leaks from toy manufacturers asking to prolong ordering toys. And, um, you know, that is actually pretty smart. Like, leaks happen all the time. And if something like this got leaked, the the, the, the magic of it would be ruined. And so I get that. Um, but now they seem a little bit late on the ball, right? Now they seem like, um, yeah, literally Friday the 13th is a big um, tattoo day, right? You get discounts on tattoos and stuff. Um, I, I was looking at discounts on tattoos because... I was looking at tattoos. Anyway, um, but there was a lot of on the flash sales. Like, so basically, for those of you who don't know, who's not in the tattoo world, on Friday the 13th, a lot of tattoo places do flash deals. So they'll do really cheap tattoos, but you have to pick from pre-designed drawings or whatever. Literally, I saw so many Baby Yoda flash tattoos. And I've looked and Googled Baby Yoda and people already have tattoos of Baby Yoda. Like, I get it, sort of. I'm not necessarily you know, I haven't drank the Kool-Aid yet. I don't have, I've never watched Mandalorian. I don't know the extent of this universe. I'm 
not necessarily the biggest Star Wars fan. Like, I've watched a lot of them. My ex-boyfriend used to really love them, and I've watched all of them, but I've not personally been invested in them since a kid, right? And so, I get it. I think it's really cool. He is really cute. Um, But, yeah. I just think it's so interesting how much Disney Plus has blown up. And now, now in a certain way, it almost feels like the Disney Plus kind of has not necessarily has always existed but now that it has existed it's something that I feel like people can't live without and that's how you know you have a good product right uh but yeah okay 43 minutes that's not too bad for a podcast right um yeah and in terms of media obsessions I don't know what what am I obsessed with now I literally have been so busy with school that I don't think I've really gotten into or watched anything new Except for actually, okay, one thing that I will shout out for Media Obsessions this week and then I will wrap up is Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star's freaking makeup documentary series on Shane Dawson's channel. It was everything I could have dreamed of. I know he was, I know Shane has been working on this all year. And when it was released around October, November, I watched all of it. I could not stop. Even though I was busy with school and homework and everything else, obligations, I made sure I watched every one of those episodes because I just I just love Shane Dawson like I've I've seen him he's a YouTube dinosaur and I've seen him from over 10 years now and I've I've loved his I loved his podcast when he had one I loved his food videos when he did those conspiracy theory videos you know I watch them occasionally they kind of creep me out because I'm not really good at scary things but yeah I love him and the fact that he spent so much time creating a um palette so it was basically for those of you who don't know jeffree star is a makeup guru beauty guy shane dawson is a youtuber they're both youtubers but anyway so they did a documentary series last year just exploring jeffree star's life and then i think they became really good friends and then they decided to do another series where shane would be making his own palette and so it took it, it was such a mind-blowing thing watching them through the whole process right the fact that they talk they talk about everything they're not they're pretty candid about i guess the money aspect of it as well so in terms of profit margins in terms of making the palette and how much profit they actually make off the palette i think it i don't remember the exact number but it was something crazy like it costs like 20 maybe like they make a profit of 27 dollars. like i think like half of the half of the like they're, they price it pretty low right like like the I don't even know if I'm saying the finance things right because I did not do too great in finance. I'll have to say this first semester, I sort of get it. But basically the gist of it in a very layman terms is that it costs a lot to produce a Jeffree Star palette and he's he's definitely not charging the price that he should be charging for how good of quality his products are is what was revealed i suppose in the youtube documentary series um like i and and basically like for a lot of like kylie jenner for example they called her out of course she's never going to reveal her numbers but if her product and i'm sure it is is made in china it probably takes me what maybe three bucks to produce a lip kit or whatever and for jeffree star he does all the packaging and making of the product in la or somewhere around that area us you know it's more expensive um yeah i want to say it's like 20 bucks make a fucking makeup eyeshadow palette and it's like he sells it for 50 or something like that I should have probably looked up the numbers, but regardless, it's something really, really crazy. And I honestly can testify to his products. I went to the Morphe store and played with it a little bit. And I actually got one of his lip stains or whatever. And it has, 
it's literally the best form. Like, I'm not even joking. I'm not, I, I love lip stains, right? I love makeup. I've tried a lot of different lip stains. I would say my, oh, I guess this could be a sincere shout out. Yay. Okay. Sincere shout out towards the end of this podcast. Um, is Jeffree Star's freaking cosmetics lip stain thingy mabobbers. <laughs> um, I think I have the shade in Christmas Cookie because like they, I didn't really want Christmas Cookie. Okay. It was just one of the only shades that were left. I think because the name isn't that cute, but it's a great color. It's a nice burgundy light red, not even burgundy. It's almost like a, I don't, I don't know, like a nude pink red. I'm not describing this well. I guess. But yeah, it's just, it's so smooth. So with for those of you who don't know, a lip stain, it goes on wet like a gloss and then it dries. And so, and then it stains like, and so you can eat or whatever. Like lip stains are my go-to lipstick product or lip product just because if I wear lipstick, if I wear lip gloss, I will literally eat it off. I will lick it off. I'll eat it off. And so lip stains are just my go-to. Um, and I seriously, I'm not joking. I will never buy another lip stain product um, unless it's just Jeffree Star's comedic, because he has such a wide variety of shades and colors, and the formula is light. It doesn't feel sticky. It stays on really well. It's 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 amazing. The only other comparable thing that I can think of that because they are I think like eighteen bucks per thing, and they're you know they're really expensive, but for the quality, I mean you know, you, you can't compare, cannot compare. Um, Anastasia Beverly Hills, their lip stain is the probably the worst high-end lipstick lip stain I've ever tried. It sucks. It cracks. It sucks. No offense. Sorry, Anastasia Beverly Hills. I love your eyebrow gel stuff, but man, your lip stain stuck. Stella was okay. Like they, they, they were my go-to before I tried Jeffrey. The only other comparable lip stain I can think of in terms of if you're on a budget and if you want to go to a drugstore and get a lip stain, CoverGirl makes a really good lip stain. I have to say that I don't know exactly the brand. Or I know the brand, but I don't know exactly the name of their lip stain, but basically it comes in like this little box and you'll know when you see it. It has like a, uh, uh, clear not a clear but it's like a white chapstick that you go over the lip stain and then it's it's you'll see I don't know if I anyway <laughs> basically it's like two products in a little um what a cardboard box one is the actual lip stain and another is like a chapstick that goes and go over it when it dries to make it look a little bit more wet um yeah that lip stain is really good for a, for a, a low end if you're looking for a budget lip stain that's my go-to as well I have a bunch of those shades um but yeah the Shane Dawson documentary and his palette was so iconic it just I genuinely like the next to last episode like the one where they were like Jane and Jeff were hugging in the um, warehouse and like watching the um, palette being made and they were crying like I I genuinely started crying. Like, I'm not even joking. I started crying too. And not even just, and then I think even if you didn't even follow Shane Dawson and watch this documentary, you would still cry as well. This documentary series, like it's a bunch of episodes, but you would cry too. And I think the reason that it got me was because like when he released the um, documentary, it's so different from other YouTubers. Like he didn't use royalty-free music. He actually used music from different musicians. And um, he had a Spotify playlist and I started listen to me I'm, I'm following that playlist and the song that was at the end of that um I want to say it was like prom queen or something oh god I'm 50 minutes in but I really want to look up that song because they played that song and I didn't know that that was going to be the last ending song for that episode but it was like I was but I liked it a lot so I saved it I was listening to it and when it finally came up in the documentary series I just 
it just made me, I don't know, it just made me cry. It was so cool. And I tried really hard to get the palette too. Like I really did. And I, but it, the, but as you will see in the last episode, if you do watch it, the, the site freaking crashed. Like millions of people were trying to get this palette. And yeah, it, 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 had, it wasn't even, okay, it wasn't even just a palette. I thought it was just going to be a palette. No, it was a palette. It was a mini palette. He had, he had lip um, balm. He had lip gloss. Um, what else did he have? I think that's it. Oh yeah. And he had lip stains too. Oh, it was so cool. Ugh, I don't know. But the song, actually, let me look it up. So it is Prom Queen. It is Prom Queen by uh, Katie Turner. Oh, it's it, was, it just was such a perfect song to end it. And yeah, so I highly, highly recommend, even if you don't watch YouTube, um, watch that documentary series. Literally just type in Shane Dawson, Jeffree Star, and you will find it. Um, if you're really into makeup, uh, if you're really into reality TV, if you're really into something that's just fun and light and awesome and dark and deep watch it it's great all right this has been great it's been so it feels so good to record a podcast episode again like legitimately I genuinely really missed this and then surprisingly it's gotten a lot faster as well like I remember the first podcast episode I recorded um it took days like I'm not even kidding I re-recorded it over and over and over again because I just I don't know I just wanted it to be perfect or I didn't want you know I didn't want any gaps or pauses or whatever but like now I'm just used to it. I'm just like okay I need to go take a pause I'm gonna take a pause and I'm gonna come back and I'm just you know I even if I trip over my words or forget what I'm talking about I just keep going you know and it's literally only been like 50 minutes and I've churned through this uh so yeah Thank you so much for listening. If you are listening, I don't know who who is listening, but thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much for sticking with me. If you've been with me for a long time, you know Daisyish Days used to be a fashion blog, and I, I, I followed the same patterns. I would, you know, post, uh, you know, for a month outfits and stuff, and then I would be silent for like six months. Um, and I don't want to do this with this podcast. Like I remember in my first episode, I talked about how I wanted this to be something that could churn out easily and something that I could really do weekly. And I think it can be that it's more of just a time of, because the thing is with me, it's just time management and being organized and all that stuff is, is it's a bit of a weakness of mine. And I think through this whole MBA program, we talk a lot about strength and weaknesses because it's such a stereotypical interview question but yeah um I think if I would have just you know been more on top of it and of course I'm not beating myself up it was it's I haven't done school since like 2015 and you know I think I did a pretty good job I mean I passed all my classes and I learned a lot of stuff um but this next semester I really really want to keep on doing this podcast and so I even though I did say in the beginning of this podcast is it was only going to be 30 minutes I couldn't stop talking (laughs) (laughs) that's okay I mean obviously it's a podcast I have to talk but yeah I just I just I miss this so much and maybe I'll keep it at an hour I don't really know for sure I've definitely downgraded my um I guess like my storage limit on Blueberry in terms of so for those of you who don't know how a podcast is amazing you have to have a podcasting hosting service that to get it on Spotify and iTunes and Google Play etc um and yeah so I downgraded it to the point where I would only be able to do 30 minutes um a week um but I might increase the storage again 
it depends. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because I know once school starts, things are going to be drastically different. But until then, I will keep on recording podcasts. Like I'm, I'm going to be on break until January 8th. Um, and I might even just record one again tomorrow. Like I need to use my storage. I've been paying for all this storage from August until now, and I haven't even recorded a podcast. So you might just get four episodes from me this week. Um, but yeah, as always, uh, you can stay uh, after the outro to hear me recite a poem. Uh, but until then, love y'all. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a daisy day. Thank you.